This week on the first episode of Sean Murray's International Film Festival, I have my guest, my good friend Dan Cowai here to talk about Shang-Chi, Michael K. Williams, and iconic roles in Hollywood history. Let's go. Welcome to the Sean Murray International Film Festival, the only film festival that you can only listen to. Uh, <laughs> I'm here with my oldest friend in comedy, the tallest person to ever ride in the back seat of my car, and the creator of the Release the Edgar Wright Ant-Man Cut hashtag, Danny Cowwhite. Hey, Sean. How you doing? How are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. I'm not too bad. First guest on the on the pod? Sweet. How do you feel? I feel good. I'm a little hungry. Uh, I was eating grapes most of the day. But other than that, you know, that was your primary. <laughs> no, I mean, I had a, like a, a chicken Caesar wrap around one thirty, but it wasn't. It wasn't hearty. It wasn't a hearty wrap. Light wrap. Light wrap. Light wrap. <laughs> um, I want to start with uh, some questions, mm. movie-related questions, just to kind of get a feel for, for the audience to get a feel of, you know, you. Mm. Um, what's the first movie you ever? Uh, the first movie you remember seeing. So, I, I mean, I think it's uh, Return of the Jedi, but I would have been like one or two years old. Yeah. But I got taken because, like, I loved the toys when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So if that makes any sense. But I remember, like, I don't remember the movie. I remember being in the theater, and I remember being like, oh, my God, I love this. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was my absolute, like, favorite thing until I saw Ghostbusters. And how how much time was it between... But I would say three to four years. So it was just a solid... I think my dad wanted to go, My mom and my mom was like, well, you're not leaving me at home alone. Let's just take the baby, me. This is to Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. And they took, they took me. And it imprinted on your brain I was like, for three years that this is the only good thing <laughs> that I like. No, no, no it was like, because I, like, I was thinking about it, because you sent me the questions. I don't, I don't know if we're like blowing it up. It's fine. You I don't, it's not a big secret. Because <laughs> I don't remember them. Yeah, yeah. But I remember that being one of them. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking about it, and I think it's Return of the Jedi. But like I said, I don't... I just remember liking it, but I don't, like, remember anything. So I probably liked the Ewoks and the explosions. Yeah. And it's still my favorite one. I know that's controversial, but anyone that thinks it's not their favorite one is wrong. Fair enough. That's yeah. just the way it works. Yeah, Return of the Jedi is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not, I don't think it's the best of the... But also... Someone can be your favorite and not be the best. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, because, and that was the thing. So as a, uh, Empire, when I was a kid, I hated it. Yeah. Because Luke got his hand cut off. <laughs> yeah. And then like, once I realized like, Devastating. Oh, it's, you're incredible, a hero. it's incredible storytelling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, he's fine. Yeah. He's okay. He'll be all right. He's a Jedi. He got a robot hand. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cooler, actually. I mean, do girls like robot hands more than regular hands? No. <laughs> <laughs> In my personal experience, they don't. Wait, wait, wait. You have a robot hand? I know a few fellas. <laughs> <laughs> what planet are you from? Dagobah. <laughs> um, I feel like the first movie I remember seeing was Aristocats. What? Like I don't like, I don't remember it's like seeing it in theaters or whatever or like but I have a um a hazy memory of like a scene from Aristocats. I don't know if it was the first movie I remember seeing, but like it's one of my earliest memories. And I don't even know if that 
chronologically makes sense. I don't know how much longer what after. Year, do you know what year that came out? I don't. I wish I, I mean, did. We, we could look it I up. I can look it up. <laughs> um, I'm not going to. Um, now, that's a Disney movie, right? One of the, the, the famed Disney movies. One of the best. It's, it's one of the movies that brought Disney back from the, the brink of collapse. I don't think I've ever seen it before. I know it's no, about it's a bunch of cats big. that are assholes, right? Yeah, there's a like, scene where they're, like, they're, they're like, playing. I'm the, I'm the nicest cat on the street. Well, that's more cats. <laughs> Cause cats, you ever like um? I'm kind of getting off topic here, but cats. <laughs> I remember when I found out that Cats, the musical, is largely just a bunch of cats listing what type of cat they are. <laughs> like that's ninety percent of it. It's just like I'm a tabby cat. I'm a fucking. Have you seen cat. it? Be- have you seen it before? Cats. Yeah. Uh, no. I neither. So I have no idea what it's about, but I know that I just told you. Wait, no, no, no. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. But they used to have commercials for it on um, TV. I remember those commercials. And it was like Andrew Lloyd Webber's masterpiece. masterpiece the longest running show in the history Cats. of Broadway. Yeah. But I was like, I was, it's horrible. From what I've seen, I've only seen like a little bit, and also the movie was bad. So I was, I found it terrifying. Yeah. Like no, it looks, <laughs> it's, 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 it is a nightmare. Like. Like, because they don't, <laughs> they still look human, you know what right. I mean? And they're giant, like, so they're supposed to be cats, but they're the size of humans, and they look human in the face. It's it's bad. Um, sorry, I'm off topic. Aristocats, 1970. So how old were you in okay, 1970? I was, what, 24? You were negative 24 years old. Um, what was the second question? <laughs> um, what is the worst movie you've seen in a theater? Oh, oh, man. Uh, I walked out of it. Oh. Uh, what's his name? Brand? Uh, the Russell the, Brand. Russell Russell Brand? No, is that his name? The English guy? Yeah, Russell Brand. He was uh, uh, the rich guy. I can't think of the name of it. He Arthur. Was, Arthur. Holy shit! <laughs> I and what's your name? Is super uh, hot, charming girl? The director, the one that directed Thirteen or whatever. Not the Thirteen. The girl movie. The girl. The love interest. Sofia Coppola. No. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I so I like it was one of those things where I was like oh, I want to go see a movie. I was like and a brand was like on a run because mm-hmm. I liked him in the other one. Uh, forget it, Sarah Marshall. Yeah, that's a ticket. And uh, and he was no, funny. He's really funny in that. And he's great. And so I was like, oh okay, I'll go see this. And it was fucking horrible. That's one of the um, <laughs> uh, on this. I walked out. One of the first movies I ever. I don't walked think out I've of. ever walked out of them. I think at home I've turned off movies or whatever. Right. I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie, but. I don't know the worst. I can't think of the worst movie I've ever seen, but I know the worst, the best decision I've ever made in movie, uh, at going to the movies is when I was in eighth grade. We were graduating eighth grade, the year 2007. It was the year Superbad came out. Mm. And Superbad, Superbad was getting like great reviews and there was a lot of commercials for it. But like, uh, we didn't know what it was about. Like, the commercials didn't really give you an indication of what the movie was about. So we went to, um, went to the movies and we were gonna, we were gonna choose between, um, Balls of Fury uh-huh. and Superbad. And Balls of Fury, at least we looked funny from the commercials and we had a better idea, especially for an eighth grader. Like, this is hilarious. Perfect for an eighth grader. Yeah. And it was like, you could tell what it was about from the movie. Like, Superbad was just like, this is the number one movie in America, but it wasn't like, we didn't know what it was about. So we, we buy tickets for um, Balls of Fury and we walk up to the theater and it's like Theater 7, Theater 8, right next to each other. And we're like, should we go see Superbad instead? Superbad, were they both rated R or was Balls of Fury rated PG-13? I think they were both R. If I, I, okay. I, I believe they were both R. But they were both next to each other and we were like, maybe we should go see Superbad instead. And we did. And Superbad is one of my favorite comedies, favorite, my favorite movies, period. And I saw Balls of Fury on cable years later and it is awful. <laughs> like, it is horrible. Like, I'm so glad. So the, I, I, 
I've seen Balls of Fury before, and like Christopher Walken's in it. And yes. He plays like a Chinese. Uh, yes, it's bad. Ping pong master. It's, 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 but there's. Um, but then that guy who's only been in a few things. The, he, actually, he was Dan something. Yeah, and he's been in Dan uh, Fogel, I think. Not the yes, and he but he's not the Harry Potter ones. The uh, what are the new ones? The ones with the guy that wrote the book. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And those movies are terrible. Real bad. They <laughs> are so. And I love the I love Harry Potter books. I love the movies. But those, they suck. They are absolutely horrible. Johnny Depp can't save those things, even if he beats everyone in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's brutal. Um, yeah, Dan Fogel. Yeah, he was. He had a like a very brief but uh, action packed run. Like I mean, like he was like he was in a lot of stuff for a little bit of time. He was in that um, was it Fanboys? Yes, remember that? That was um, what. Yeah. And I've watched Fanboys again after the first time I watched it when it came out. And that should never... It was a bad movie, too. It's well, not. It was one of those movies where it's like... It sounds like awesome. If you're if you're a fan of Star Wars or whatever, like, oh, it's like a... You know, no. Bad movie. Um, What is your favorite sequel? Ooh. Good one. Favorite sequel. I mean, that's... I, I didn't prepare for this one. And I can't... I, could, I don't want to say something like... It's not Lord of the Rings. It's okay if you say something that... that Hellboy t- 2. Hellboy 2? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know I'm a huge Guillermo del Toro fan. Uh, Excellent movie. And it's it's one of those things, uh, very similarly uh, to the movie Shang-Chi that we went to go see, Um, it doesn't feel like a comic book movie. Yeah. It's got its own kind of trajectory and all these, like, the sympathetic hero when he's going to kill, uh, what's his name, under the Troil Bridge, and then the big, like, the plant monster comes up. And, uh, you know, he's getting made fun of by all the human beings when he yeah. can just be with the monsters, but he's choosing, like, this human life. It's, yeah. It's a great, yeah. It's probably Hellboy 2. No, that's an excellent, excellent yeah. choice. What you got? I think my, prob- my favorite would probably be Ocean's 12. You're a huge, but you're a huge Soderbergh. Not that I'm not a huge Soderbergh yeah. fan, but I, I, I remember, I didn't like the Ocean's movie when they originally came out, because, like, I didn't like them being so fucking cool. Yeah. Do you know, like, oh, look at <laughs> how cool, <laughs> look at how cool we could be yeah. for 90 minutes. And it was just like, oh, another one where they just fucking blow each other on the screen about <laughs> how fucking cool they are. It was just like, and then I gave it a chance, and I was like, ah, oh, this is super charming. Yeah. This is so good. No, there. that's <laughs> like, it's probably my second favorite, maybe my first favorite series. Like, like. Yeah. Um, I know, are you um, counting the girl ones too? No, I don't. That's not. It's not canon. <laughs> I mean, it, it literally is canon, but I, I don't. can only find eight girls. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, the you know the Hollywood pipeline. Right? <laughs> I guess like cause, I mean, like Kate Blanchett is in that. I think right, she, and she's like the oldest person in that movie. I think by far. Right, um, she's forty six. And like in Hollywood, <laughs> that's like. 80 for a woman like Hollywood it's, which is completely unfair but like in, in Hollywood if you're a woman and you're over like 49 you could call it quits it, uh, it's for any roles where it's like you're not a mom well, is Sandra or Bullock, a grandmother is Sandra Bullock Oceans is she Danny Oceans sister yes so I think she's a little bit older is she older than Kate Blanchett I think she might be cause like I was I know she's definitely like older than Kate Hudson maybe I wonder, yeah Kate Hudson's like 70 not Kate Hudson um Kate Winslet, I'm thinking of. Kate uh, Winslet's... It's not Kate. Kate, Kate Winslet's like seven, 1978. Uh-huh. I think uh, Kate Hudson's 79. I have to look at She can't be older than Kate Blanchett. Who? But also, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, she is. I'm going to say 1964, and I'm going to say Kate Blanchett is 1968. If you nail this... <laughs> <laughs> Kate Blanchett, 1969. Ah! Okay, and Sandra Bullock... 
is holy shit 1964 <laughs> how is she but you know what it's also one of those things in Hollywood where like you get marketed as older than you are you know what I mean once you hit a certain point like I want to know how old she was in speed right because like she looks so young mm-hmm. and so that came out I think in 95 so that means she was 29 and like you mm-hmm. know that's young good math yeah yeah nice quick oh, math thanks man um, <laughs> no I'm saying like uh, Kate Blanchett the roles she gets put in is almost always an older role. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's right, she plays a 10,000-year-old elf <laughs> in The Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes. <laughs> One of the oldest characters ever put on film. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Though? Like she's, she's usually like, um, for a long time, Sandra Bullock was like played as a character in her late 20s or 30s. Right. Late 20s, early 30s. Whereas for, I feel like much of the last 10, 15 years, Kate Blanchett plays as somebody in her 40s or older. You know what I mean? In the roles she plays. So I think about uh, Gravity, which is uh, uh, Bullock, mm-hmm. and she's playing younger, but that's the thing, though, too. Like yeah, She can't be any older than 32 in uh, the character, I mean. Right, and she looks fantastic uh, just based upon the... But they talked about all like all the workout she did, like the ballerina work, so she could look like she was actually floating yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the middle of space, whatever it was, which was an incredible movie. Uh, did we go to see that in IMAX? We did. Me and Wally? Yes. That was terrifying it's w- one of the like <laughs> gravity is not a great movie outside of the theater experience but it is one of the all-time great theater experiences i've ever had and ever will have especially an imax it was incredible and fury road fury road is incredible yeah. yeah yeah but i'm just saying like like that is movie is just so made for the big screen and you know uh, there's a lot of directors are talking about now with you know how you know right theater the, streaming the, well, and shit it's Dune like right now yeah. is the one the biggest one where he's saying you got to see and I think Shang Chi might be Shang-Chi. proof. Yeah, I'm blowing it. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just. You can say it how you want. <laughs> I'm not saying it the way I'm not saying it because I'm. I want to say it the way I want to say it. I'm just not good at saying it. Good. Anyway, <laughs> I think Shang Chi is also another one where it's, it'll be perfect. It's, uh, it's a, you want to see it on the biggest the, possible yeah. screen, especially well, that last, the third act. We'll get to Shang Chi in a second. Yeah. Let me just get, get through these questions. Um, <laughs> favorite movie with a number in the title. Oh boy, son of a bitch. Wait, a number, so it can't be a sequel, but it it's got It can be, but I just, I was thinking, like, there's a lot of movies that don't have, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of movies that are not sequels, but they have a number in the title. Yeah. Like, I just, like, keep thinking of, like, I've, I don't even care about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but I know Seven's in there. <laughs> uh, son you of could a just b- say Seven. Oh, Seven? <laughs> uh. <laughs> the first movie you thought of with the number Seven was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. <laughs> And not seven. No, I didn't. I and now I'm just going down or up. Is that a number? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even. I'm gonna say seven. No, six. <laughs> six. <laughs> nine. Remember that animated movie Nine? Where like I never saw like, it, but I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It was a cool animation style. I thought it was cool. It was dude. okay. It was a very like this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the thing with animation where just people just get away with murder. Yeah. A lot of animated movies got numbers in them, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Big Hero Six. <laughs> That's a good movie. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's really good. It's very good. TJ yeah. Miller, before he tried to blow that train up, <laughs> he's one of the voices of the characters. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, seven. Let's go with seven. Um, <laughs> would you rather see a movie in a matinee or a packed house? So I was thinking about it. I usually like to go when there's not a lot of people, uh-huh. but I saw Endgame with a packed house. And yeah. I, I think we were talking about it a little bit, either uh, when we were leaving the movies or through ch- uh, chat or whatever it was. But um, the scene when on your left and everybody starts walking through the Doctor it's Strange, incredible. like 
It's know, incredible. Like I, I know a, you're a big anti-clapping in movies, but I like looked around and went, "Come on!" No, no, I'm, I'm not <laughs> anti-clapping in movies. I was. I remember I, there was a time when me and Craig, our our mutual friend, comedian Craig Taylor, um, we went to go see Force Awakens, right? Opening night, and people were clapping. When Harrison Ford popped on screen, he was in every trailer for the movie. Like you know, he's in the movie. Like why are we clapping? Like it was insane. Like and, and it was like they were clapping at the dumbest moments. It was just it was just like so I'm, I'm totally on board with it. I'm with you with that. Yeah, clapping. So like I went to go see uh, not Endgame, Infinity War with him, and uh-huh. the scene when and I know that um, what's it called? Uh, not the gangs in New York. What are they called? The space guys, the ones that Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> And the Guardians of Galaxies come on, and the sp- rubber band man starts playing. Yeah, like it got me pumped up. Yeah, but I wasn't sitting next to Craig. Yeah, because we couldn't get seats together. So I turned to this family and I go, "I love this song." And they were like, <laughs> "Who cares, man?" <laughs> no, I, I probably, I mean, depending on the movie I'm going to see, uh, like if it is an event type movie, yeah. I probably want to go with all my buddies. Yeah, in like a full theater. But yeah. we, I mean, we had a great time when we went to go see The Shining. We had a uh, that was incredible <laughs> though. <clears throat> Our friend. Used to uh, be a manager at a movie theater. I used to actually work there too. Um, and uh, he got us, we got a chance to just see, it was just us, probably five of us, I think, total, watching The Shining in IMAX, just like five of us in the theater. It was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. So that was um, totally, but that was like a private showing. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, there's certain movies that just lend themselves to the, like, a game game. Like, that moment uh, at the, you know, when the portal start opening up is like, or like on your um yeah on your left or when 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 Cap grabs the hammer it's in, like you need a fact that like it, it elevates it you know what yeah. I mean? because I've watched end and end game still works for me um at home but it's nothing like seeing it uh in the theater with like the collective energy like it's everyone like just kind of like when the, when the hammer starts to budge <laughs> and everyone is just like collect you can feel like everyone's like. Is this about to happen? Like, so yeah. the, and the, the thing about Endgame is, it's like the time heist almost ruins it for me. Because, mm-hmm. like, we've like, I don't like time travel as a way to solve things. Yeah, and I, I know they said that they went back and they fixed everything and yeah, whatever. It's, the, it's, it's a cheat. It's a cheat, and then it almost it, it never makes sense in the end anyway. So it it's a like it. You can it, always go back and get more pin particles as long the, yeah, as you can that's, that's travel. That's the problem with time. time. Yeah, it's like it time travel kind of breaks the logic of any story because it's like well, why don't you just it's like um how in uh harry potter they're like oh we destroyed all the time turners because otherwise it's like why don't they just use this for everything why don't they just why, go back why so you could take more classes come on well i mean well i think <laughs> I, I think it's a great use of that in that story specifically because it's like they would only let hermione use it because she would never use it for evil you know what i mean she would only use it to go do more classes if you could trust anybody with a time yeah. turner she's like yeah it's like hermione's not gonna go do anything she's gonna take more class like we're great <laughs> Have a blast. You want to take more classes, you idiot? Right. And it's, um, a, it's a wormhole question because then it's like, what would you do if you go back in time? But I don't know. Maybe just not. All right. And then final question before we get to Shang-Chi. <laughs> movie theater snack. Your preferred movie theater snack. So uh, I'm either a Twizzlers, Twiz. Sour Patch Kids, mm-hmm. or Popcorn, and a Diet Coke, most likely. <laughs> I thought you just going to keep listing everything that you and can probably. also like or a nachos, slice of pizza, pizza, maybe a couple of hot dogs. Bunch of crunch. <laughs> bunch of crunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, nice. Um, all right, Shang Chi. Let's talk about Shang Chi. Yeah. Um, what did you think? What did you think? Uh, so I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, precursor. I'm a, I, like I, I wouldn't consider myself a casual comic book fan, but I have. No, no- you're, you're one of the 
like most knowledgeable comic book fans, I would say I know for sure. But I, I didn't have any uh, reference going in. Nobody does, though. I think, not to cut you off, but yeah. I think that's the strength of Shang-Chi is that it, it it's not um, beholden to anyone's expectations because almost no one has um, like a, a deep knowledge of Shang-Chi lore. Everyone, like, if you're a comic book fan, you know of the character. But, like, I mean, I think he didn't even have a, a, any um ongoing runs between the 70s and like the early 2000s I, like i think he, he popped up intermittently but i don't think he had like a um like and he never had a definitive run you know what i mean he had his initial run with um jim starlin and uh a couple other i forgot uh, the um the artist was early 70s that what you're saying yeah but like there was never like like you, almost every other character has like you got to read this run of this character right. you got to read the astonishing x-men with uh Joss Whedon you got to read um Haw- Matt Fraction's run Morrison's Animal Man yeah like it, exactly um you know Alan Moore's with Swamp Thing and a bunch of well, other Well even characters. Iron Man wasn't uh he wasn't really that big of a deal until the Civil War For sure but at least Iron Man was like a consistent presence Iron Man is like C-list Right. B-list at best, but like he was, he's an original member of original member of the Avengers, and consistently present, even if though he wasn't that important throughout the history of Marvel Comics. Where Shang Chi, if you didn't know any, if you didn't, like you could know, you could be kind of vaguely familiar with Iron Man and not really have read comics. You would never know Shang Chi if you didn't read him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I totally agree. And so it was like I was trying. And then, you know, the Ten Rings, the Legend of the Ten Rings, and then the way that I know the Ten Rings from the comics, mm-hmm. and without spoil, spoiling it, uh, the way they did it in the movie, I found... No, fa- feel free to spoil. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, like, because the way they do it in the comics, he has ten rings that are on his fingers. Finger rings, yeah. That are very similar almost to, like, having two power gauntlets. Yeah, it's basically like... Or, like, being a Green Lantern uh, yeah. with every color on each finger, yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, but instead, they did it as almost like bracelets... Like, which was kind of, was an inter, it, it worked. I, I like it for two reasons. One, if we're going to talk about Tony Lung for sure. Yeah. Because uh, he's incredible. Like, he makes it look so cool. Like, that scene, Um, I would say probably midway through when he, when he and uh, Sean go to uh, kill the guys. When he's a young man? When he's a little boy? When he's still a little boy. And they, um, after his mom is killed, he's like, you got to come with me. I'm going to go find out, find the guys who did this, whatever. And he's wearing that suit. He, had this, he has the sleeves rolled up. He's, he looks so cool. Like the double-breasted suit with the sleeves rolled up. He looks so cool. Yeah, and without, yeah, without jumping to uh, Tony, uh, terrifying. Yes, he was such a great villain. But like the way, so like the way it, they stylize, like um, they match it to how he, um, um, it fits his persona. It fits the way he wears them, and then also I like it because uh, because you have the Infinity Gauntlet and the, the stones, or whatever. It would be if you had the rings in the traditional sense, it would be too similar to what we've already seen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's because like I mean, there was just so many different powers you could like each ring had. It it, it, it was almost like uh, right. You would have had to done a whole other movie, like a whole other series of movies to get. To collect all ten rings yeah. and how did he get those and whatever it was. Yeah, and also it's like why would it be? It's it'd be useless. I mean, not useless, but like it would be feel like a rehash of the Infinity Gauntlet if you just do the same thing. It's like oh, now there's another thing that another character has. I think it's I think it's cool that they um, recreated uh, or uh, um, reimagined what the rings could be for this movie. Yes, and, and again, it, that's one of the things where it's like no expectations. Most most people don't even know about the ten rings, so. It allows them to say, let's just try something completely new. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, great job uh, retconning whatever his story may be, um, or what the Mandarin story. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but so the thing that really, because it was interesting going through like the origin of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. But then the thing that really got me into it because I was wondering what Shang Chi's power set was. Yeah, and then that fight on the bus where everyone's coming at him, like the double-sided bus where uh, Aquafina's yeah. got to start driving it. Great scene. That's what got me into it, where it's because he's not even using his powers. He's just in, this good, incredible at Kung Fu yeah. that he's rocking all these people. I, yeah, so <clears throat> that's what really got me into the movie. Not that it was slow, but they took their time to explain, you know, they don't call him the Mandarin, you know, that yeah. uh, I, unless that's how it breaks down for, I think I wrote it down, whatever it is. Zhu Wen Wu. <laughs> then I, I fucked it, right? I that was, fucked it that up. was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but no, that was so that was the thing. Telling that story was, of course, necessary. But I liked, I, I really liked the movie. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I, I like the, um, I like the uh, history of uh, Zhu Wen Wu. Um, like, I would love, to, actually, would love to see like a whole movie of him going throughout history. Like, you, they kind of like a brief, um, like, you know, uh, during like um, whatever dynasty he was. Um, like in like ten thousand years ago, or whatever, right, no, well, and then well, going through history. But like just seeing a full movie of like, um, like almost like a Zelig thing where he's in different points in history yeah. as um, right, but not funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be anyway. Um, but he's, I mean, he's such a good. Uh, we're gonna get. I, I'm not gonna jump to that yet. Still, but he's so compelling. Uh, I, well, that was the whole thing. Like him just standing on screen was. Like I said, he was this terrifying villain, and it was a, it was a thousand years, and he covered every kind of modern society that could have been overturned. Yeah. And the way they showed that being done was excellent. Because like, I mean, they would never do this, but they could literally just do a movie with him, like of because you know at the end of the movie they say the Ten Rings will return. They don't say Shang Chi will return. They say the Ten Rings will return, um, which they could mean the organization, they could mean the the physical rings, um, which they probably mean both. Right. But they could literally do a series of movies where it's just showing uh, Wen Wu throughout history using the, like what like you know in whatever dynasty and then like hundred years after that like medieval times and like whatever just going through history and like him how he how he takes over that time using like just being basically Genghis Khan for well, every era. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is there a crossover with Genghis Khan? Mm-hmm. And of course, he either had some type of agreement. Because Genghis Khan, as far as I know, really doesn't have much of a, a story arc in the Marvel Universe. No, no, he's not. Uh, <laughs> he's Z-list in the Marvel Universe. He Although they're saying that anyone that lives in that part of the world has some part of DNA that's attached to Genghis Khan, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's pretty wild. If you think about it. A lot of, I mean, not even just that part of the world. Like they said, like, most of the world can... Uh, like I think it's like 40% of the, the Earth, which I guess 40% of the Earth does live in uh, the East... Um, could tie their lineage. That's insane. Like, Twenty three and guy, me. They're just like right at the bottom. And there yep, it is. Gang Gang is gone. Gone. Yep. <laughs> um, I think one of the things I liked about this movie most was the origin story. It was. It didn't feel like a traditional origin story because they just got to jump right into it. Instead, like again, because they're not beholden to like the comics uh, history. They don't have to do like well. Sh- you know, this is Shang Chi's got to do this, or this they're gonna this this is a this will be a horrible adaptation unless Shang Chi does these several things. He has to get this suit, and he has to do that thing, and he has and like and like you know how like um when there's an adaptation, people often are comparing it to the like well in the book he did this. There's right. none of that with for ninety nine point nine percent of fans. There's never like well how come Shang Chi's not doing this thing? You know how, like he was supposed to do, like so you, you just allow him to like they can just they do the I don't know I love that they put his backstory um. 
as flashbacks throughout the movie rather than putting it up front loading it and saying like this is you know what I mean cuz it it's so it's it's so well structured because every time there is a flashback it's a it's a revelation that reveals um so much more about the character and each relationship he has like every time you get a flashback it's like oh it's telling you a little bit more about the story but not in a way where it's like how come you didn't tell us this before it's like it's it's revealing what he was withholding um from uh Aquafina's character uh, a Katie as well as um what the stu- uh filmmakers are uh withholding from us you know what i mean it's like the, i think it was well structured no it was uh so we talked about one of the things that like uh captain marvel struggled from uh, cuz that was kind of they try to tell that in flashback but it doesn't really do anything to uh give us more information about the character whereas in Shang-Chi that's what they do yeah they yeah, cuz that it gives us more information about the plot in Captain Marvel, but not more about the character. And the prop, the biggest problem with um, Captain Marvel is they make Captain. Oftentimes, the the lead character, like um, the hero, is not the most um, interesting character. It's usually mm-hmm. the villain or like a sidekick or something. But I mean, she is just actively not interesting. Like, and it's it's the way the movie is structured. It's like. Um, she's lost all her person she doesn't know who she was but it's not even like a jason board interesting where it's like this guy is like jason, i mean jason board is just super cool and right. like you you kind of want to know how he became this way whereas they don't do a good job of, in the the structure of that movie to make you want to know like you know it's, you just you just feel like she's like she's boring and like that sucks too because you know it just feeds into all the trolls and people who's like oh women are you know uninteresting or like you know it's like Captain Marvel's great, and Brie Larson is so um, compelling as a screen presence, right? That to to put her in that position, like it just it's dumb. It's dumb. I, I feel I feel like she was underused. Same thing with Jude Law, who I think is great and everything he's ever been in. For the I mean, I haven't seen all of his movies, but the ones that I have seen, I think are good. Uh, Road to Perdition. Yeah, that was he's really great good. in that. Uh, I almost, love that movie. That's fantastic. I only well, saw it for the first time well, last that year. Was, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there was like a recommendation, like you were like any movies to watch because we're yeah. locked in our house forever. Well, we, you know, Road to Perdition. Um, I used to never, I never watched that movie for years because they, I forgot what VHS tape we had growing up, and there was always be a. Tra- I don't know if it was for it to come on home video or the trailer for it to come out, but it used to, to look so dour when I was a kid. It's like this looks like it was. It was I remember just that scene and uh, Tom Hanks is standing in the rain, and it's like this looks. Like I mean, as a kid, I was like, you know, four or five. Like this looks so boring. So I never wanted. To, I never were interested in it uh, well, that, for years. Well, that's like the road, <clears throat> the road, the Cormac McCarthy book. Yeah, Maybe that movie that where it was like, oh, I, I read the book and I was like, this movie's uh, gonna be a bummer. And then I watched the movie and I was fucking right. It's a bummer. It's an absolute bummer. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> did you like the movie though? I mean, I did, but it was one of those things like. Um, What's it called? Uh, what's the oil movie that we always There will be blood. About? There will be blood. We always say like. It reminded me of. I mean, there will be blood. Was more. Uh, uh, was a happier movie. <laughs> Incredible thing to say about those. <laughs> but by, those, but by no, comparison, absolutely. It's just funny that like the like that that just shows how dour and like uh, dark and like heavy the road is. Dude, the happy ending for the road is uh, the the kid gets to go with Robert Duvall. Yeah. <laughs> Every kid's dream. <laughs> like, what the fuck? With a, with a shopping cart that's got some peaches in it. Like, this movie's sad <laughs> as fuck, man. <laughs> At least What's-His-Face beats his enemy in the head with a bowling pin yeah. and has a Every kid's dream is him. like, I want to either... <laughs> I want to... If I get the choice to go with two people, it would either be Fonzie or Robert <laughs> Duvall. Those are, those are my choices. I want to go... I want to hang out with Travis Scott... 
for Robert Duvall. <laughs> was Travis Scott the dude that had the brown Batman uniform? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was ridiculous. Yeah, it looks horrible. <laughs> and it's like, it's so funny too because it's like, it just, it, it just goes to prove that even... When you're a multimillionaire, you will never look as good as when someone designed the costume for you. You know what I mean? Like everyone looks bad in a Batman costume. Right. Well, there was the thing because I think he, brown one. Like, <laughs> he, like they you just got shredded and he took the picture down or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it looked um, dumb. Let's get back. Let's get back to Sean G. Um. Oh, so another thing I loved about it is it to me if. It felt like the least like a traditional Marvel movie. Uh, in terms of, it Agreed. just felt like a straight up fantasy movie. Agreed. Like, it felt like a, um, you know, ha- like from like fantasy in the sense of like, uh, like a Wuxia film, like um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or yes. like uh, Jet Li's Hero, or whatever. Or fantasy in terms of like the the big kind of like um, medieval um, magical fantasy, like um, uh, like Aragon or something. Like you know, the the dragon yes. battle at the end is so. Um, it's a fascinating uh, like thing that they swing. They took. It's, it's not the traditional. There's like there's no portals. I mean, there's obviously the portals with like Wong, or whatever. But it's like there's no like beam from the sky of like a blue light and like someone coming from another. Right, like, that's how you got there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just like. Well, that was, like so, that was one of the things I was thinking was they had to find a secret passageway through the boo, uh, bamboo reeds yeah. to get there, and it was like this really difficult way to get there. But then. His dad had to do the same thing, right? Yeah. But he found a way to get the whole army through. Well, that's one of the things. Well, so let me talk a little bit more about what I liked about it, and then yeah. we'll get to what I didn't like. Um, yeah, I love that they just decided like let's just do it just a, let's just make it just a straight up fantasy movie. I mean, and we can talk. Let's, let's talk Tony Long now. Tony Long uh, or Leung is um, just in, incredible. I mean, I mean, he's one of the greatest actors on the planet. But like, I mean, he's so like engaging like every like just looking at his face he doesn't have to do anything or say anything and you're just like i'll watch this guy for you know when he gets back uh from fishing uh you when he finds his wife murdered Mm -hmm. and you know he's gonna do something yeah you're like you what the fuck is he gonna do yeah it's like oh he's gonna take the world back over yeah like he's gonna kill the people that did this and then he's gonna take the world back over and that scene when he walks into like the you know the gambling parlor whatever it is yeah yeah and he's just standing there with his son, and no one has a chance. Yeah. And they got guns, and they're shooting at him, and he doesn't break a sweat. Yeah, it's just like scorched earth. He's like... You believed him. Yeah. You believed he had the ability. If he, in real life, he could have done that. Yeah, and and, and, he, and it's, it's, he's so good because he sells both sides of it. You can see him, he's believably tender when he's with his son and like when he's with um his his wife mm-hmm. and his daughters or whatever and he's also believably like the most like just vicious guy possible when he you know what I mean? like he sells both sides like he's such, such a good actor that he can because like sometimes when um someone is supposed to be a villain and they like they like you know like sometimes like it'll be a villain and they'll go up to a woman and they're like uh like rub her like a captive woman and they, like rub her cheek and it's like it's like slimy like yeah. he would do that to you um it, it feels like it feels genuine. Like every part of him feels like every 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 expression he makes, every move he makes feels genuine. And then like I mean that scene, the last guy he's like, oh I don't know where she is, and then he puts the, the like puts the rings to his head or whatever. It's like oh my god. And then like and then like you could totally understand why Shang 
obviously most kids are going to follow whatever their father asks him to do but like he even says like will you help rather than say like we're going to go he's like will you help me and he's like you can you can see how he would convince a kid to be like yeah let's go kill I want to kill with you dad well it, the thing about that so it's you know uh, the potential to be like a lone wolf and cub story mm -hmm. where he's going to take his son on the road and he's going to get revenge against everybody but um so giving because like and I always that's what I was kind of thinking. Will you come with me and help me avenge your mother's death? Yeah. But then that one line uh, from the Jesus song where he's just like, "Choose the ball and join and you know and join your mother in death." Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Like, no, he's like, so "What's it gonna be? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. come with me. You just saw what I did, <laughs> or you know, because like and that's another thing too. Do you think if he said, "No, I'm not going with you." He would have killed him on the spot. I don't think he would have killed him, but I think he would have probably disowned him. Like, yeah, I think yeah, he would have yeah. just been like, "You're done." Like, you think? I think you're not a part of my. You're not my. You son. don't think there was something underlying with him asking that question that potentially, if he said no, I think there's, I think that's the. I think it's impossible for especially for a kid to not read in read that into it. Like you're like. There's a reverence you're gonna have for your father as a kid anyway, but now it's fear. You know what right. I mean? So I think for, as the kid, you're like, well, I probably should say yes regardless. Because, but but I, I don't think he would have killed him. I think he would have just been like, um, like, no, like we're done. Like, but that was like, the thing. I'm, you're not a part of my family anymore. Because the camera kind of holds on the kid's face. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, that he wouldn't have. I'm saying that's how I read it. It's like like he. Would, but you can kind of see him working through his yes or no yeah, he's answer. Like, yeah, like uh, I don't know if I'm ready to kill. Like, yeah, but he's got the rings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Everybody was great. The sister was fantastic. I, that was the thing. I wanted to look up and see if uh, Shang Chi had a sister in the comics, mm -hmm. and I didn't really, I didn't uh, delve too deep into it. Um, but I was like, well, that was the thing. Was he the Mandarin? Because he was like, they called him an orange. It was like that wasn't my name. Well, yeah, he was saying well, what he was saying was the person who is the Mandarin. He so when who is the Mandarin? But he's like. But like he was, he was never known as the Mandarin. That is a name that it was created by the West mm -hmm. of, and, and not specifically um, the fake Ten Rings uh, led by um, uh, Guy Pierce's character in Iron Man. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, where he's like, that's just a racist name that they would just came up for, like, because like, I'm a Chinese guy, so I'm the Mandarin. It's like, is this an orange? This is like, a, this is, that's a, that's a language. Like, that's not. Oh, I wouldn't be known as that. Well, because that was the thing. Like, I wanted to look up what the Chinese like, what it meant, mm -hmm. but I couldn't find. I, I mean, I didn't really delve that hard. I just thought maybe. Appreciate your hard work. Man. No, I did a lot more <laughs> hard work. Hard boiled. <laughs> He was in that, great in that. And Internal Affairs, which Internal is the part. Uh, oh, is that what they call it? Yeah. yeah, I fucked it up. It's okay. Um, also, um, he's great in the, um, uh, now I'm blanking on, uh, Wong Kar Wai movies. Uh, um, the Red Cliff? In the Move for Love. You never seen that? No. The, uh, well, I heard uh, the one I saw that caught my eye was Lust, comma, Caution. And it's like a kind of erotic. That's, that's exactly <laughs> up your alley. <laughs> no, it was like a, you know something like a sexy. No, yeah, I'm just saying like know. that's something that would catch your eye. <laughs> Lust and caution, <laughs> comma caution. Yeah, it's like um, it's like uh, two opposing <laughs> forces. <laughs> right. Because when you when you're lustful, People, you're not very cautious. No, you know? not usually. Um, <laughs> so this, this is what I didn't like about the movie. I feel like, because a lot of people, like, a lot of critics are like, oh, it's a good movie until the big CGI battle at the end. And it's like, I don't think the problem is that it's a big CGI battle. I think the problem is the CGI battle between the two dragons 
is almost completely ancillary to Shang Chi's journey in the sense that he's just he, at this point he's just killing the 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 um, was it Soul Destroyer or the Soul Eater or whatever? Yeah, because it's gonna kill everybody. But it's not like his emotional journey has ended when his father passed. I, th- I feel like if it was more tied, if um, if they tied uh that final battle more into his like. Like usually, like when at the final battle of a character, it's now overcoming the last step on their journey. Right. Like he's already like there's there's no journey for him at the movie. Like he's just at that moment. It's just like I have to beat this thing because I have to beat it, whatever. And he's like he's got control of the rings. I feel like if it was something sort of like um more about that be the final piece with his dad. Like because okay, he, he says he's gonna he's gonna he says um to Katie um gonna, at the end of the, I'm gonna kill my dad. He never even gets the chance to like do it or not do it it's like because he, he, he never even gets a chance to like pull like i mean i guess he kind of pulls no his punch. i think i think no, when he realizes he could have no, killed see, him he, he pulls decided his punch, right but yeah. it's then there's another 20 minutes of the movie that's not even like um just like the um return of the king ending where it's like this is 12 endings it's just like this is this is all of the third act is this you know right. what I, mean? I feel like if they tied in his emotional journey from um uh, like I feel like he, th- there needed to be more of him confronting his dad about even putting me in the position to have to kill for you. You know right, what I mean? Right. And like seeing more of that part of it. Well, that's another thing that he says um, that you really don't get closure on. But I'm sure they're going to leave it open for a sequel. Was you know he says he did kill that guy. He found him and he goes, I have to tell you, he's uh, Aquafina's character. He goes, I got to. Yeah. Goes, I lied to you. He goes, I did kill him. Yeah. And I'm sure that's going to be... But that's the problem with... That's my biggest problem with uh, the Marvel machine is that it's like, stop withholding something just so so you'll keep us interested uh, long term. One of the things they talk about in um, screenwriting for TV shows is they say like, put it all on the... Like, leave it all on the field type of thing where it's like, season one, if you have ideas, get them out there and then we'll... If if it's going to be a season two, then let's... Build let's see what, what story we have there and build from there rather than saying like, oh, we're gonna, let's let's hold on to this little piece for, unless it's necessary for the right. story for it not to happen now, there's no reason why you need to be withholding it just for the sake of like keeping someone on the hook. But is that, that's what it felt like to you, right? Where they, When he was like, I did kill that guy. And yeah. And they don't show it. Yeah. Because I, I, mean, I thought there was going to be a, a flashback. It's a deliberate choice not to show that person. It's, it's probably, you're going to find out who it is. Right, who like, they killed. It's going to be somebody important. It might be somebody. I thought it was going to be Aquafina's father or I'm something. glad it wasn't because they just did that in Falcon and Winter Show with um a uh, member um Bucky killed uh, his, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the old man the Asian dude's son yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'm glad they didn't do that again um I mean not, not, not that that's not a good um right but it's just thing. If, you, if you're if in the same story arc if you're going to consider all these stories one massive arc you wouldn't want to have two similar endings for two similar characters yeah I mean it's not even an ending it's more of a this is how this story ended and now moving on to the next story I also wish. I wish. I mean, they, they get he did get beat up by his dad um, when he was like, "You can't burn down the village," and he kind of just like like lock him away. But I wish, kind of, the arc was like because Shang Chi's um, powers is not that he's like he has any powers; is that he's the master of kung fu. Like he's supposed to be the most in the comics. He is the best hand to hand combatant on the planet, right? He's never really challenged in any way. Right. Uh, I, I wish it was like okay. 
it's a movie about him trying to get not revenge on his father, but like kind of like confronting his father. He gets waxed by him some way midway through the movie, and then he learns the Talo style as a way to like overcome his father. And then he beats because like he, he he has his father on the ropes or whatever. But then like the dragon uh, soul eater thing comes in and kind of removes the whole. Like, he doesn't get the emotional closure that you're looking for. Like, the dad gets more emotional closure uh, than him when he's, like, he hands him the rings. Like, I, he saves him from getting his soul stolen, and then he gives him the rings. But rather, and it also, he just immediately is an expert with the rings. I wish he, there was, like, some sort of growing pains with, um, I feel like, I feel like Shang-Chi is kind of completely, like, from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, nothing really changed with him other than revealing to uh, Katie that he killed that guy. Like, it's pretty much the same. Like, w- like what is he working towards? You know what I mean? Like, what is his arc? What is his arc? So I, the way I thought it was going to end, uh, you know, ten before uh, the big fight, I, I figured he was going to end up with the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that's how he was going to destroy the Soul Eater. I thought he was going to... Uh, like combined souls with the dragon, the good dragon, and then that was gonna he was gonna be like it's his avatar. The uh-huh. dragon was gonna be his avatar, and that's how he was gonna take down the soul destroyer. I didn't. I thought there was gonna be more. Like I, there was a lot with the dragon. Don't get me wrong, but that's just kind of where I th- yeah, thought but, I saw it going. Because that's the, the same thing I'm kind of saying is like the all the dragon stuff almost feels completely ancillary right. to. Shang-Chi's journey you know what I mean like it's like I mean that stuff wouldn't have happened without uh, Wenwu going to unleash the um, the soul eater but like the the actual climax is just Shang-Chi defeating the soul eater because he has to defeat the thing that's in front of him but it doesn't feel like him defeating it is closure for his arc of the within the movie you know what right. I'm saying and, and even the like so the, that was so the discovery of the discovery of the dragon like you think he's drowned, but clearly you know he hasn't drowned. His his father shoots him to the bottom of the river that surrounds this lake or whatever or mm-hmm. the the place they live, and then you're like you know he's gonna come back, but then he's like slowly floating to the bottom. Yeah, and this dragon comes out, and I thought that that I I'm yeah no you're right you're definitely right I t- I, I totally agree with you. And then to use the rings to ultimately kill the the soul eater was like. Uh, the, but with the dragon is the dragon coming back with him I yeah I, 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 I thought that was cool but I also thought like I wish it was more about him being good at kung fu you know right. what I mean and also having the rings but like like maybe at some point he loses the rings and he has to just like fight I, I, he's like gonna fight a, a soul eater or whatever but like I don't know I just felt like I mean obviously there was a scene on the bus and he, he uses kung fu throughout the movie but I, I thought it would just uh, I, th- I think it would have been cool if, like, at the end of the movie, like, maybe the rings were, like, a wager or something between the, him and the dad. And, like, like or the dad takes off the rings, like, I'm going to beat you without the rings or whatever. Right. And then that's their cl- the climax for them. I did than like just, the like, way uh, he balanced the rings the way his mother did the first time. Well, yeah, I think, I think it's cool that, like, um, somebody was saying online, it's like, it feels like because, like, they're tied to people from Talo, so... He, they can unlock more power from it than when Wu ever could, even though he was like awesome with it. Well, now were they blue when Dad had him on? And yeah, they were and orange when he had him on. Him and like, the mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have much time left. I want to get to. Um, I was talking about. I was thinking about um, Michael K. Williams, right? Yes. Uh, Recipes. Yeah. Michael K. Williams passed away, uh, and Michael K. Williams is famous. He'll always be known as Omar. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that'll be the the main character he's always be tied to. He's played a number of you know Chalky White. He played um that character on The Night of. He's played a number of great characters. Um, he's on The Sopranos. Uh, right. But he'll always be for ninety nine percent of the population. He's Omar, right? 
and I was thinking about um, like the weight that puts on someone's career, mm-hmm. and also like um, I feel like at this point, the only characters like that now are to who who are gonna be like iconic. This is what I'm known for for the rest of your life. Are Marvel movies okay? Like, like I think Simu Liu, uh, Liu uh, who plays Shang Chi in this movie, I-, I can't possibly see him getting another role. Well, he'll be known as anything other than Shang Chi, especially because of the significance of Shang Chi within um, c- cinematic history, specifically um, in Marvel too, where he's like he's the first Asian uh, Marvel's uh, superhero um, or like Marvel lead. Yeah, main character. Um, and um. I mean, there really haven't been too many, not only just haven't been too many um, Asian-American leads uh, in American uh, cinema uh, history, but um, even in the last, like, in, there's none. There's There are literally, like, who can you think of that's Asian-American in the last... F- 40 years I, I I think Keanu is slightly Asian yeah, but I'm saying, not, like, not but, to do that but like what I'm saying but like uh, Keanu aside because right. Keanu I would say reads is white R- right no I mean he's Hawaiian and Canadian so yeah. it's like pretty white yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but no without actually going back and looking over it no you're right I, but I don't he does such a good job but I don't Shang-Chi is so unknown, I feel like he could do anything. It's not like, I don't think, I mean, and, and just to compare it to Omar Little, I don't think it's going to be as big in the zeitgeist. It's, not as, it's of, not as great a character. Right. But what I'm saying is because of the significance of um, what it represents to Asian Americans in cinema, like Shang-Chi, Simu Liu, uh, Liu is the only guy. Well, you could say uh, Jackie Chan. He's not an Asian American though. What do you mean? Oh, all right, right. I'm saying like even even we got you know got Jet Li, you got um, Bruce Lee. Yeah, but like uh, these these are like they were Asian born in people, China, yeah. and most of their productions, even other than like um, you know obviously Jet Li and uh, Jackie Chan were in uh, some American productions, but like a lot of their biggest what they're known for historically are their things they did in Asia. You know, like Jackie Chan's best movies are from. Asia, right? Um, Jet Li's best movies from Asia. I mean, obviously, like people love Rush. I like Rush Hour. Um, right, it's and fun. I like, um, it's a good fun movie. Which one? Which was the good one? Shanghai Noon. That's the that, good yeah, one. that's a good one. But um, but like Jackie Chan's best work is is when he's in Hong Kong. You know, like by far. Um, so I think I think what I'm saying is I think the from now like because of what Marvel represents the cinema right now, right? The only characters who are going to be able to like be iconic in the same way going forward, or the main characters who are iconic going, like Chris Evans will almost always be Captain America in both right. of mine. Robert Downey Jr. will probably always be Iron Man. Uh, despite the fact he had an incredibly storied in, uh, he's, he's played so many great characters. He's an incredible actor, but right. he's going to be Iron Man now from, especially, especially if you were born after a certain point, right? Even, the, even the characters he played pre, Pre Iron Man, none of them are like have the widespread uh, like most people didn't see uh, right, Chaplin. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Even like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, or which is a great those, movie. Right. But most people didn't see it. You know but no, people, there's no no kids are going like I want to be like Robert Downey Jr. and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants to be Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so I was thinking, yeah. So I I just, I just feel like it's interesting, like with uh, Michael K. Williams, that's got to be like a weird thing where it's like he's you're so much more than just Omar, but. Omar is what you're going to be known for. You know what I mean? Right. And then, so like, that was the thing. I, so I was doing, I was IMDB with Michael K. Williams. And it was like, so 
I think 2005, 2004 was uh, The Wire's first season? Or was it even earlier than that? 2002. But then it was like 2008, he was in The Incredible Hulk. He was Harlem Bystander. <laughs> I was like, I, I was so ready for you to say like he was like you know you know a lot of times Marvel will see the character and then they end up being somebody big down the line. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, he's gonna be he's, no, who was he? He was, he, was, was he a war machine? Oh, he was, was just Harlem, like, uh, Harlem bystander. bystander. <laughs> like, like, like you know, so it's like, are you kidding me? That's what I think that's so Six crazy. Six years about, into the yeah, like, that's what's so crazy about Hollywood though, especially when you're on TV. Yeah, like the leap. I mean. I mean, now at this point, so many people from movies are going to TV, but like historically, the leap from TV to movies was so difficult, especially, especially if you're black. Right, uh, right, right. But like, it was so, unless you were like a child, like Leo did it, um, uh, Michael J. Fox did it, uh, but a lot of times you had to be like a young guy and you, you know, because- uh, Well, an older guy, but then once again, he's a white dude. Uh, Hank from uh, the Meth Moo TV show. Meth, uh, what's his face? Meth. Hank from the Meth. Well, not Hank. What's his face? I can't think of his name. Um, you're talking about uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah, from yeah. Breaking so he Back. had a huge. He was in movies and small roles. and Yeah, but like, he, like what's the movie he was in that was big? I mean, he's, he never became a movie star. He's been in movies. No, he really hasn't. Like, I, he's been, like, I mean, he's, he, he's he going he he to always be Walter White. Right. He had though, his push. Yeah. And he just never yeah, really they, capitalized. The movie's never really. Um, no, you're right. No, but that's the thing. Like Michael K. Williams could have done anything. Super talented, but he had that look. But he had a he has a character actor's look, or he had one like yeah. that that scar on the middle of his face. There's only so many things you could do. Like you got you got to be a tough guy. There's a strong, but like once again in that um the show that just came out that he uh, the Emmy Award for he got nominated for Lovecraft. Uh, Love he's, he's playing a gay dude again. Yeah, and like, but you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe he's good. At it. <laughs> I was wondering what the point. <laughs> what the point? Here? No, you're just kind of like you play this character and you have a certain look about. Yeah, you, you get pigeon, yeah. um, not pigeonholed, um, typecast. Yes, he actually did a, a really cool. There's a really cool like, I can't remember what company he did it for, but like it was a it was a role, um, a commercial sort of thing where probably like three or four minutes where he's basically. Um, Talking about being typecast, and it's like him as different characters he's played in different versions of himself. One of them is Omar, and he's like talking about like like am, who is Michael K. Williams? And right. Like, am I? Can you ever escape this thing? That's why I thought he was really cool on Community. How they use them on yes, Community? Was thing was they play up. on like it's almost like the show in the show he's supposed to have past been Omar. You know, like they play on like like. Like there's something about this guy, but he's like, I'm just a, I'm just a, a regular <laughs> professor. I just have a gravelly voice. Basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I thought that was a, was a really uh, cool use of him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, just, it's interesting, like knowing, cause like it's gotta be annoying. You fight so and, hard to get on, and you know, as comics, you and me, all you want to do is be on. Yeah. Like you just want to make. I mean, I know this sound don't sound like an artist, but take my artistry and maybe make a living. Yeah. Doing the thing that I love. And so it's like you break in, you get this role that's now iconic. You can't see anybody else as it, but then you're now you're stuck. And yeah, like it, you, all you wanted to do, all you wanted was a chance to be like, like you said, on. But then you wanted, you also want to be on and be, be able to like dictate how you how your career goes. But right. you, you get stuck. Which I mean, Omar is one of maybe the three best characters in the history of TV. Yeah, but 
He's like, I'm more than Omar. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be Omar for the rest of my life. But it's also like, it's an honor to get a chance to even have been Omar. Right. And it's like, again, it's a great role. Because like, sometimes you get typed, um, you end up um, being known for roles. Like, this wasn't even a really good role. Right. You know I, mean? Like, I mean, that's one of the great TV roles ever. To get your foot in the door with something like that's incredible. Yeah. And then it's like, where do you go from there? You know, his first movie roles, uh, Tupac uh, picked him for a role. What was he in? Nothing was, but Trouble? Uh, Bullet. <laughs> uh, oh, with Tim Roth? I think so, yeah. Um, basically, uh, he did an audition and he was working for this agency. Like, he did an audition at an agency um, and, you know, they had all the pictures on the wall and um, Tupac came in one day. He needed somebody to play his younger brother in the movie and he was like, uh, he saw the picture. He just happened to be in the office one day. He's like, who's that guy? Like, get that get that motherfucker. I need him to be my, That's he looks like he has like the look, he had the scar and everything. He's like, and that's how, that's his first movie role. Like, Tupac. And he's like, he talked about like I was, I was watching this thing. He talks about like hanging out with Tupac and like it was just awesome. Well, um, they they both have been roughly the same age. He's a little it, bit older than Tupac. But he's like, he's like just yeah. even then he's like just being around him was because like I, I wasn't nobody at the time. I was a background dancer. And is that crazy? Just, yeah, he's an amazing dancer. Well, they were showing him was like at Washington Square Park and he would just go down and down. Start, yeah, 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 it was yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's always so fucking cool to see someone just enjoying their life. Yes, that's what, I mean that's what also like seeing those videos of like and then he passed away is just like. Uh, Damn, man. Yeah. Like, he Incredibly had so much life upset. in him. Yeah. Um, same thing like, uh, I mean, obviously, you never saw uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman dancing in Washington <laughs> Square Park, but he's another guy who was like, damn, it's just right. a you Also, it would be fucking hilarious. That would be, <laughs> seeing <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman dancing the way that Michael K. Williams was, is, is, oh my God, I wish he was alive. Rain dance. I would cast him in that movie. Like, I want to see him do that. Um, I think we're pretty much out of time here. Yeah, no, that's what I figured. I was going to um, say some more shit, but we're but, thinking uh, about time. This is great. This yeah, is a great good. first app. This was uh, really fun to to talk to you. Yeah, it's, oh, it's fun. I like I like you. <laughs> You're a nice guy. I believed you when you said. <laughs> I enjoy hanging out with you. Your time, it's um, fun. Thanks for coming on the, the to the film festival. Thanks um, for having me, friend. And we will be back in the future with uh, with more guests. I would, would love to have you on as often as possible, my friend. Yes, I'd love that. And uh, I don't know how to close this motherfucker. What about what about uh, Twitter handles? Right. Yes. Where can they follow you? DannyBoy3030 at uh, Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. Uh, follow me, LowbrowSean on... Which one is it? LowbrowSean <laughs> on Instagram and HighbrowSean <laughs> on Twitter. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I was trying to come up with like a... Um, like a closing phrase I'm going to use in every podcast if I don't have be it. Be in it or be out about it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>